1: Welcome to mini episode 315 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have three spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from October the 19th, 2023. And story number one comes from Delaney. My father passed recently. It was sudden and was a rough way to go. He had been going through a divorce with his wife and I had taken a break from talking to him. Our relationship was never a normal one. Lots of unkept promises and putting his other children before me. But I loved him and really looked up to him. From February to July, me and my dad only spoke a couple of times through text. Usually him ignoring what I said and sharing something different. In July, my dad attempted suicide. He was unsuccessful and was admitted into the VA mental hospital. This is where he got back into contact with me. We spoke several times over the phone in the few minutes they would let us talk. This is how I learned about him going through a divorce and my other siblings not talking to him. It may be wrong, but I did ease up on taking the calls from him and eventually stopped altogether when it became too much. I regret it, but that's what I did. I felt like the spare kid for when the others wouldn't talk to him and several of our conversations he said nearly as much. He got out of the hospital and moved into a homeless shelter. I was still working through my sadness, so I answered his texts from the shelter very little. Again, I really regret this. I just thought we had more time, you know? I thought I had time to be upset. Then a little while later, explain to him why I didn't answer and we could have a healthier relationship afterwards. I thought I had time to tell him everything that had hurt me and he could tell me everything I did that hurt him and we could fix things. I was wrong. In September, I texted him the new Jimmy Buffett song, Bubbles Up. My dad was a parrot head and named me after a Jimmy Buffett song. I sent it to him as a little, hey, I'm sorry, I love you. He understood, but I didn't say or send anything else. That was on Saturday, September the 9th, and I didn't know that it was his full last day. My dad died the next day on September the 10th. He had got off his medicine and was wandering the city. Someone picked him up and took him into a local hospital. At the hospital, he only told them his name and didn't finish checking in. He was given food and was left alone in the waiting room. He died choking on his food. During this time, I had no idea my father had died and I was unable to go to sleep at my apartment. The apartment where I can see the hospital he was at from my window. Since I was unable to sleep, I decided to cook a new dish for me and my husband who also couldn't sleep. Now, I have a really bad habit of forgetting I'm cooking and burning food. My dining room is used as my office, so when I'm on my computer, my kitchen is to my back. I'd left the food cooking on the stovetop and got distracted by something on my computer. When I was distracted, I heard the spatula I'd left on the stove rattle. I thought maybe it was the cat, but remembered he's far too fat to jump on the counters. As I twisted to look at the oven, I caught the spatula backflip off the stove like someone threw it. It landed in my dining room. This happened right as my food started to burn. My dad loved to cook and was really good at it. I feel like it was him saying, Hey idiot, don't burn your food. Or maybe he was mad he choked on his food. My next story makes me unsure. My apartment is over 100 years old in downtown Louisville, Kentucky. We've had some scary experiences here before my father's passing, my husband being the target. He's had his shoulder tapped while doing the dishes and a sharp Hey! shouted into his ear while sleeping on the couch. So I don't know if the next story was my dad or the spirits of this building taunting me. I was relaxing on the couch while watching TikTok. My husband and Kat were in bed already. I started to feel really sick and dizzy and like I was about to faint. So I laid my phone on my chest and I felt like I was being watched. Next to my couch is one of those cut-out windows that looks into my dining room. I glanced up because I just felt someone there. And when I turned, I saw a man who looked like my dad, but he looked crazed. He had a large, wild smile, with rotting skin and dirty hair. He was leaning through the window to look down at me. In the time it took me to blink, he was gone. When I got up, I nearly fell over from how dizzy I was. This experience made me sick for several days, like I had a cold. I don't know who or what that figure was. I don't want to believe it was my dad, but I do still have grief brain. Maybe it was a hallucination. I just hope my dad is at rest and not stuck in downtown Louisville. That's a cruel hell. Just to say, Delaney, I know this isn't why you wrote in, but firstly, I'm really sorry that you went through all of this, and secondly, I really don't think that you should feel the guilt that you feel about putting boundaries in place with your dad. I firmly believe that there is a point when self-preservation is way more important than a relationship with somebody that maybe isn't in the best of shape and if it was causing you distress and causing you pain then the right thing to do was to put up that boundary. And we've had so many stories over the years of loved ones who at the time of their death other relatives don't know that they've passed away and they sort of As they're passing through, drop in to make themselves known. And I kind of feel like it sounds like your dad, his way of dropping in was to flip the spatula and be like, don't let your food burn. (laughs) Because if he loved cooking and you were there distracted, the food's about to burn. That sounds like a really nice way to drop in and be like, I'm just passing through to wherever, wherever people go when they pass away. And you're going to ruin that dinner if you're not careful. And I'm really sorry that you had that experience while you were kind of watching TikTok on the sofa. That sounds absolutely petrifying. But as you said, grief brain exists and grief brain is absolutely terrifying. And and I know from personal experience what grief brain does to your brain and it is absolutely terrifying. Maybe what you saw at the window was like a manifestation of your grief and the guilt that you spoke about earlier on in the story. And I do hope that at this point you are feeling not as guilty about the things that happened in your relationship because sometimes those things are just out of our control and you have to do what's best for you. so, to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at Byheart.com.
1: And story number two comes from Stephanie. This story belongs to my mom. I told her about your podcast, and she was really excited to tell her spooky tale. I'm 29 years old and now live in the house where this tale took place. My mum was 10 years old and it was time for bed. She shared a small room with her sister, with the beds on opposite ends of the room. One night when everyone was asleep, my mum woke up to see a figure of a man in a trench coat with a hat standing in the doorway. She swears she was wide awake and was definitely not dreaming. She told me she was paralysed with fear, as you would be, All she could do was pull the covers up to her chin, try very hard not to move and watch. Just watch this figure stare endlessly into the room. He then took slow, almost graceful-like steps towards my auntie, her sister's bed, and was right beside her watching her sleep. He stood like this for a very long minute. He then slowly turned around towards where my mum slept and began to slowly walk towards her. She then broke her paralysis and screamed. The figure did not puff into thin air or quickly disappear, he just slowly walked out of the room. It was only when my mum's then neighbour, Mrs Adams, told my grandparents that the original owner of the house was a man called Mr Gordon who frequently visited the local pub following his wife's death. She said that one night as he was walking home from the pub, which for context is two minutes away from the house, he got hit by a car and died on his way home. He was wearing a trench coat and a hat. Decades later, I bought the house my mum grew up in. I feel very nostalgic with it and spend much of my childhood in this house with my grandma. Growing up, I did not recall any paranormal activity, but it's only now that I am the owner of the house that I have experiences to share. There have been a couple of times that I have felt like there is something watching me in the hallway when the lights are out. You know that feeling of being watched, it's spine-tingling. The hallway door has frosted glass and my boyfriend and I joke that we always keep it closed, closing off the kitchen before we go to sleep. We both say, to stop the ghosts, like that does anything, but that feeling of being watched is still quite present. I believe dogs can sense spirits in other realms, and my dog once woke up and stared into the corner on my boyfriend's side of the bed and just growled. A couple of days later, I was out hanging the washing and the back door was open. He was staring straight back at the house and started to growl again. Another night, maybe a couple of weeks later, I woke up to this white glow or mist in the same corner that my dog Bailey growled at. I rubbed my eyes raw to prove I wasn't still asleep. It was there, just glowing and looking very mist like, like there were small particles. I remember feeling a little freaked out but mainly curious. Was I getting an eye infection? Did I need to make an appointment with the optometrist? Nothing happened. No figure formed, just white particle-like mist in the corner. Nothing has happened for a while and I sometimes call out to see if my grandma is around. Maybe the mist was her. Sometimes I think of mum's story and I wonder if it's poor Mr Gordon again, checking into the next generation that bought his house. Either way, three generations of my family have owned this house and my paranormal experiences haven't left me feeling uber spooky or scared to be alone in the house. Probably just curious, if anything. I've been alone countless times and nine times out of ten nothing has happened. Whether it is Mr. Gordon or my grandma, we all have one thing in common and that's this house. Stephanie, I think this is a time when we can say that the hat man in this story is not the bad guy. Obviously, for your mum, right? It must have been terrifying to wake up, see the figure of a man in a trench coat and a hat stand in the doorway. Watching him like walk towards your sister's bed and then walk back again, right? Very terrifying. But it doesn't sound like this figure of who we think is Mr. Gordon was up to no good. It sounds like he was just sort of going, hang on, who are these small children in my house? And having a look before leaving. I absolutely love the fact that that house has stayed in your family for three generations. I think that's really lovely and really beautiful. And I would be genuinely honoured to live in my grandmother's house. But it's so true what they say that our dogs are like little paranormal detectors. Never mind your EMF detectors and all of your like spirit boxes and all that. Just get a dog in there. Get some dogs in there and they'll they'll tell you where the ghosts are. And it's definitely not the first time we've had a white mist on the podcast that has appeared in a house, you know. And I am glad that your experiences haven't left you feeling really spooked or scared to be alone in the house. Because if that's the case, then then maybe it is Mr. Gordon or your grandmother just checking in, just having having a look around the house, making sure everything's okay, making sure you're okay. And that's kind of a nice thought. And story number three comes from Shelby. In the summer of 2001, I studied abroad in Belarus as part of my university's Russian Studies programme. Our director organised a short trip to St. Petersburg, Russia during that time. During our visit, we toured many notable sites like the Hermitage Museum and the Moika Palace, also called Yusupov Place. The Moika Palace is popular because it survived the revolution and Soviet years mostly intact, and because it's where Rasputin was assassinated in December 1916. Today, the place is an educational centre and cultural museum hosting classical concerts and theatre performances. Visitors can explore the ground floor reception rooms and living quarters. You can also pay extra to tour the cellar to see a recreation of Rasputin's assassination through grisly photos, investigation records and even wax figures. During my visit I was unaware of the wax figures set up in the cellar, mostly due to my atrocious Russian skills. Being the first of our group to descend, I jumped out of my skin at the sight of period-appropriate dressed men and Rasputin himself sitting around a table eating and drinking. For some background, Rasputin, a.k.a. the Mad Monk, is infamous for his rise from Siberian peasant to spiritual advisor to Tsar Nicholas II and his wife Alexandra. He eventually became a trusted healer to the Tsar's child Alexei, who suffered from haemophilia, and later a political advisor, much to the dismay of many Russian elite. Felix Yusupov, husband of the Tsar's only niece, supposedly invited Rasputin to their palace for a party, where they laced his food and drink with cyanide. When the poison didn't work, Yusupov supposedly shot Rasputin, who fought back and then fled outside into a courtyard. There, he was allegedly shot again, and then thrown into the icy river where his body was recovered days later. Once our group was gathered in the cellar of this recreated scene, the tour guide proceeded to explain the significance of the room. Since this was in Russian, I was left to my own thoughts as my terrible language skills had me in the dark for most of the tour. What I will never forget, however, which still gives me goosebumps to this day, is what I experienced in that cellar. I was standing at the very back of our group, with a wall of gruesome Rasputin murder photos directly behind me. To my right and in front of me were several classmates quietly listening, and to my left was a long, dark cellar corridor with brick-coved ceilings, not part of our tour. As I stood there, lost in thought, the strangest thing happened that I cannot explain. Someone breathed heavily into my ear. It was a long, guttural, breathy gasp that I heard and felt on the side of my body nearest the empty corridor. I turned that direction and no one was there. I asked my classmates if they had heard it and they had no idea what I was talking about. The colour must have drained from my face because my friend across the room noticed something was wrong and quietly mouthed to me, Are you okay? I shook my head no and proceeded to quietly shuffle my way into the middle of the group far away from the back of the room and the eerie corridor. I later learned palace tour guides often shared ghost stories about Rasputin, oblivious to me at the time, I wish I had been better at Russian. It is also said museum guards often hear steps in the cellar when they know the area is empty, usually at night. I have no idea what it was, but it still gives me chills twenty years later. The good thing is that it happened in such a faraway place that I will likely never be near it again. I'm curious if others who have been to the Moika Palace experienced anything similar, or anything at all, or am I just crazy? Was it Rasputin's ghost gasping his cyanide-laced breath in my ear? Gross. It's so creepy even to think about. Firstly, Boney M's hit song, Rasputin, is an absolute banger. That is such a good song. It is in regular rotation on my playlists and I'm a big fan of that song. Secondly, if you want to read something thoroughly amusing, then look up all of the stories about Rasputin's penis. Allegedly, it was 12 inches long. Allegedly, it is on display in a museum of erotica. Um, The first of Rasputin's penises that were put on display was actually a sea cucumber. And the belief is that the penis that is currently on display is actually a bovine penis. But I mean, it's 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 a very, very, very interesting little deep dive. It'll surely while away a couple of minutes if you've got some time to spare. But Shelby, whatever whatever you experienced on that tour sounds absolutely terrifying. It's not only hearing the breath in your ear, but actually physically feeling the breath. And then turning and realising that you are facing an empty corridor. And I'm sure that Rasputin's death is not the only death that happened in that place for sure. Especially with such a long and bloody history. Although Rasputin's death was really a grim way to go. That is definitely such good thinking, by the way, to sort of shuffle yourself into the middle of the group, you know, safety in numbers and all that jazz. And if you are listening to this and you've had a similar experience or any sort of experience in Moika Palace, I don't know if it's Moika or Moika, but I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. But if you had a similar experience there, write in and let me know. And if anybody writes in Shelby, I'll be sure to let you know. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Delaney, Stephanie and Shelby for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from October the 19th, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some more content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time.